Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I bless you. I thank you for your word, Lord, that strengthens us and encourages us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Open your Bibles with me this morning to 3 John. 3 John. Third John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. John is writing to the elder Gaius, and this is his desire for him, that he prospers and, and is in health just as his soul prospers. And you know, when, when I... When I when I was praying and getting ready, I felt this is not just the well wishes of a sweet old man to a friend. It's, it's what God wants for all of us. It's his plan for us. You know, in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, all scripture is inspired of God. Another translation says, all scripture is God-breathed. And I believe that. This is not just the... the, the the well wishes of so it's it's the Holy Spirit speaking through John to Gaius, but it's it's Scripture, it's God speaking to us. So I believe I believe this applies to all of us, and I think you'd agree that God wants all of us to prosper and be in health, just as our soul prospers. You know, He's speaking He's speaking to us. This is my desire for my people, so we can confidently say God wants us to be the same, to prosper and be in good health. So I just want to touch on this scripture this morning. I want to hit the first two just kind of quickly, but I want to spend a little more time on that last one about prospering in our soul. But first, he said that you may prosper. God not only, God only doesn't mind if we prosper, he desires it. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Lord speaks and says, but you shall, Moses is speaking by, by the word of the Lord. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to you, to your fathers, as it is this day. God says, I'm going to establish my covenant with you, and part of that is I'm going to give you power to make wealth. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, which lists the blessings and the cursings, it says, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And then in verse 11 it says, The Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your beasts, in the produce of your ground, in the land which he swore to your fathers to give you. But God is going to make us abound to, for those who are walking after God. God... God is going to make us, he's going to make you abound in prosperity. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the men who followed God were all, God made them wealthy. God 
prospered them and blessed them. In Psalm 35 and verse 27, it says, Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. And let them say continually, The Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servants. God delights in in having us prosper. He wants us to prosper as a witness to him. When we prosper, we, we show the world that God is a good God and he takes care of his people. In Genesis chapter 22 is the account of Abraham when he offered when God asked him to offer up his son Isaac on on the altar. And Abraham goes and sets up the altar and he stretched and in verse 10 it says Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said Abraham, Abraham. And he said here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the horns, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. As it, is, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. God, one of, the, one of the redemptive names of God is Jehovah Jireh. He's a God who sees and provides. And he wants to bless us. You know, in the same, I was thinking in the same way that I, I, I love to see our children prospering financially. To know that they're financially secure. Not having the pressure of financial lack. God is the same way. He loves to see his children prospering and he will bless us. So his desire is for us to prosper. Next, he says that we'll be in good health. John prays that because, again, he knows it's God's will. For, God's will for us is to be healthy, strong, to be, to be able to do what he's called us to do in this earth. In Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, God says, For I, the Lord, am your healer. He's a healing God. There's healing in Isaiah chapter 53, in the atonement, this we find healing in the atonement. In Acts chapter 38, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, he was, t- he was speaking of, how, of the ministry of Jesus. He said, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When Jesus walked the earth, he healed all who came to him. He's a healing Jesus. And in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He'll do today what he always done because he's always the same. Jesus gave his disciples healing power. In Mark chapter 16, just before he was ascended, he said, Believers in my name shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And in James, the, the, apostle, the apostle James wrote in his letter in James chapter 5, Is any sick among you? Let them call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. There's healing, in the, there's healing available to you and to me. God wants us well. He wants us to prosper. And he wants us to be in good health. And finally, he wants our souls to prosper. I just want to touch on this for a little while this morning been stirring on the inside of me. He wants our souls, the emotional, the psychological part of us, to prosper. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, we are told that we are, we are told we are spirit beings. We are, triune, we are triune beings, spirit, soul, and body. And your soul is your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, your memory. It's basically who you are. So when we come into this world, we come in with basically with a blank slate. Then our programming begins, influenced primarily by the family we grew up in, but also by the culture and the place we grew. I was thinking, you know, a child that grows up in an Arab country in the Middle East is much different than a child that grows up in China or a child that grows up in Mexico or a child that grows up in the United Kingdom. So we, we're affected by the environment around us. And all that, all that experiences of our lives contributes to who we are and what we become. I heard somebody one time say this. It kind of stuck with me. I liked it. He said, all the experiences of our life are like lava. They kind of flow into your life and they harden and they shape you and make you who you are. Our soul is made up of all our life's experiences and everything that's happened to us. The problem is that sometimes these experiences of life have caused a very very negative effect on us. Things that happened to us, words that were spoken, whether we grew up in poverty or maybe we grew up in a home where there's a lot of strife or broken home or abuse or maybe we, we experienced neglect, rejection or drug-addicted, or, or alcoholic parents. All those experiences have... Some, we grew up that way, those experiences cripple us to some degree. Maybe we're insecure. Maybe it causes us to have low self-esteem or be fearful. Or the other side, you know, we've seen people, they, when they grow up in negative circumstances, they can become very kind of withdrawn and, and passive and, and insecure. Or the other side is they'll, they'll, they get angry, they get, they get upset, and they rebel. We're, we grow up dysfunctional because we grew up, we are dysfunctional because we grew up with dysfunction. Just like the physical body can be, afflict, can be afflicted with physical conditions, the soul of man, the inner man, can be bruised, wounded, and crushed. You know, I'll never forget... When my daughter Lisa was in was in kindergarten, we went we went for a parent teachers conference, and the kindergarten teacher was a woman probably in her sixties, a sweet woman, and uh, and I don't know how this happened, but next thing you know we talk she's t- telling us about an incident that happened in her in her life when she was in kindergarten. She said when she was when she was in kindergarten she had to go to the bathroom. She kind of raised her hand, told the teacher she had to go. The teacher told her no, she couldn't go. And she ended up wetting herself. And the teacher totally humiliated her for wetting her pants. And here's a woman. Again, I can't remember how we even got around to this, but I thought here's a woman probably in her 60s. Now, she hasn't been totally crippled by this, but she, she she ended up with an education. She became a teacher. She was married. She had children. I mean, she lived what looked like a fairly normal life. But she's carrying this wound. From the time she was probably five years old, she's carrying this wound. And it's still there. You could feel it. It's still, it's, it's still affecting her. Those things happen to people. You know, and, they, and, they, and to some degree, they, it hinders us. It cripples us. God wants us to be free from all that negative things that come into our life. He needs the power of the Holy Spirit can do it. Only God can do it, but he can. Now, I'm, not, 
I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not trying to be one today. But, I'm, but I know what God can do in the life of an individual who surrenders himself to God and, give, and gives everything up to him. He can, he can make you new on the inside. He really can. And he will in Jesus' name. We live in a world that can be very cruel. And for some people, life has done nothing but kind of beat them up and beat them down. And so when we come to Christ, we come with baggage. We all do. Past hurts, wounds, things that were done to us, and things that we did. But God says, I want your soul to prosper. I want you to be prosperous in your soul. And what is that? What is prosperity of soul? It's psychological and emotional well-being. It's soundness of mind, a settled contentment and peace. It's freedom from things like fear, confusion, anger, depression, anything that's hindering our spiritual progress. You know, when Jesus, in Luke's gospel, when Jesus went into the synagogue, he said it was handed to him the scroll. And he began to read from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Then he says, he came to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim release or deliverance of the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So those, to set at liberty means to set free, to set free release those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In, John, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil in our spirit, our soul, and in our body. The total man, God wants to set us free, redeem us, and cause us to live in victory. We all have a past. Things in our past hinder us from going from God. And the effects of the past don't, don't just go away because we're born again. I've heard people say, well, when, when someone says, when someone starts to tell them some of the things that are happening in their life that, that still hurt them, people sometimes they they're they kind of what am I, they're kind of just casual about it, and they say, "Well, you just just forget the past, let it go. It's under the blood. Just believe the word." You know, in Philippians it says, "Forgetting those things that lie behind, just forget them." But that's easier said than done. You can't you can't really forget the past. It's part of you, but God can redeem it and and fix it in Jesus' name. Psalm twenty three. We all know this famous psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes, makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God, when we come to God, we walk after him. He wants to restore your soul. It's like you take, a, take an old automobile and put it back in original. When you restore it, you put it back in the original condition. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to put our souls, our minds, our emotions, our feelings back in the original condition to, 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 to heal us of all the hurts and the wounds that have held us back and caused us to be free and be the people that he's called us to be. He wants to erase the guilt and the shame of our past, either the sins we committed or sins that were committed against us. See, when we become born again, we, we became new creatures. We're forgiven of all of our sins. It says, in, I love this scripture, in Psalm 103 in verse 12, it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So he, our sins are forgiven. And he, but he, more than that, more than our sins being forgiven, he gives us permission 
to live as if we'd never committed him to, to say, that's not me. The old me is dead. I have a new me. He gives, he gives us permission to live as if we never committed him. Freedom from all the guilt and the shame of our past life. Freedom from the effects of sins that were committed against us. What we need to do is to learn to live in that reality. Because prosperity of soul affects not only our walk with God, but our overall being, including our health. A lot of people in the body of Christ are held back to some degree, in some way hindered by things that happened to them in the past. They're born again. They're Christians. If they died, they'd go to heaven. But they don't ever achieve God's best because they're not prospering in their soul. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, says God, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God wants us to have hope for the future. God wants us to look at the future expectantly. Hope is like the immune system of the soul. It's a joyful anticipation of something good. Just Just like a kid when he gets close to Christmas or a birthday, he's looking forward to what's coming. God wants us to look forward to what's coming in our life, to have a, 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 to have a, 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 a good outlook on life. Disappointments and failures come to all of us. When they do, the enemy wants to come in and knock us down, tell us we're no good, that we'll never amount to anything. If we let that establish itself in our souls, it'll weaken us spiritually and cause us to miss what God wants for us. In Psalm 42, in verse 5, and also in verse 11, twice it says, it says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Why are you despair within me? Why have you become dis- hope in God? For, he shall again, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Why so downcast, O my soul? Why are you despaired? Why, are you, why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. The hurts, the wounds, disappointments, it's kind of like spiritual PTSD. We need to allow God to redeem any emotional condition that should not be there. Don't ignore it. Don't just put up with it. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says that we need to lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily besets us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The weight is not something sinful. He says, lay aside the weight and the sin. So the weight, the weight is not something sinful, but it's something that's holding us back, keeping us from being all that God wants us to be. We need to lay those things aside and go on with God. When something negative happens emotionally, and wounds us, take it to God. You need to run to God like a child. You ever notice child, they, they run when, when, when a child falls and skins their knee or hurts themselves, what do they do? They run to mama. And you know what, it never, never ceases to amaze me how kids would uh, hold in, that they would, a lot of times they'd, they'd fall, they'd skin themselves. They wouldn't cry, but they'd run to mama. As soon as they get to mama, they start crying. You know, <laughs> But mama could fix it. And that's what we need to see. God is like that. When we're hurt, when we're wounded, 
we go to God and God will fix it for us because he loves us. In James chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, the account where, where David went to Ziklag and found everything burned. We talked about this last Wednesday night when David went back to, when he was living with the Philistines and the place where he was living was robbed and everything was burned. David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. He went to God and God fixed it for him in Jesus' name. So how do we achieve prosperity in our souls? First of all, I'll just give you some what I helpful hints. First, never, never question God's love for you, his goodness, his faithfulness. Have faith in God's ability to fix anything because he can. Never stop praying. Never stop worshiping. Don't drop out of fellowship. And never think God is good to some but not to me. Be confident in God's love for you and his ability to heal every aspect of your being. Be honest with God. Don't ignore how you're feeling and don't bury it. Always forgive. And this is a real key to being healed, to, be, to having prosperity in our soul. Always forgive, no matter what people have done to you. Release them and let them go in Jesus' name. Refuse to, refuse to get into self-pity and hopelessness. And thank God for the victory over anything that's been hindering you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, it says, We're to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So when those negative thoughts come, those negative thoughts that want to condemn you and put you down and make you feel small and insignificant, cast them down in Jesus' name. It's not God. God wants to lift you up and build you up and cause you to be confident in who you are and look at life with anticipation. One of the key scriptures to meditate on is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, where it says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. It may take some time. Just like all wounds, sometimes new wounds take time to heal, but it'll happen. Galatians chapter 5, it says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. God wants us to be free. God wants us to prosper and be in health. But he also wants our souls to prosper, to be emotionally sound, stable, happy, confident in God. So I pray this morning. I pray for all those who might have hurts and wounds that they're still carrying. Father, I pray, I thank you that you're a healing God. That you heal us, Lord, in us, in our souls, and in our bodies. That you, there's nothing too great for you. There's no hurt or wound that you can't heal. So I pray for those who are wounded, Lord, who are what you might say walking wounded. I lift them up to you. I pray that they'll turn to you with all their heart and find healing and deliverance and freedom in Jesus' name. I bless you today. I bless you. I bless everyone here. Let them be confident, Lord, 
in your love for them. Let them know. Let them, let them be just assured in their spirit that you want them to prosper, that you want them to be in health, and you want their souls to prosper. And all that will happen if they draw close to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for doing all that you've done for us to be totally free in our spirit, our souls, and our bodies. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.